What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are up as the Dow looks to wipe out its September losses at the open. Stimulus hopes are still alive. Uh, new COVID cases break above 50K for the first time since August. Got some chip M&A. That's where our roadmap begins. AMD reportedly in advanced talks with Xilinx, a deal that would be worth more than $30 billion. Plus stimulus confusion, a presidential about face, now reportedly asking for a big deal. Speaker Pelosi and Treasury Secretary Mnuchin resuming talks. And as Carl just said, stocks are set to rally at the open. And despite ongoing fears, just where are the opportunities for investors? We're going to have a look at the sectors and stocks that could still be poised for growth in this ongoing, and it is still a COVID market, as we say, Carl, with cases at uh, highs in many states. Yeah, indeed. Although, Jim, I mean, although there's a lot going on this morning, you got to start with the chip story. And you just made the wires by suggesting that Xilinx may not be ready to sell. Well, look, I mean, I, I had CEO Victor Penguin. I had him on uh, in August. He's so excited about all the new markets that he's going into. He's a nascent data center. Uh, he's talking about video, uh, live video streaming he's coming into, wired and wireless, auto exposure. Now, the problem is every one of those dovetails perfectly with advanced micro. So I can see Lisa Sue, the CEO, saying, you know what? All the areas we need to be strong in, Xilinx can give it to us. But I also see that Victor, when he was on, was saying, hey, look, this is new for us. We're just doing this. This does not feel like when Altera was willing to be sold to Intel. So I, I think that if Lisa Sue wants to do it, she has to be very careful not to overpay. Because uh, as great as Xilinx is, and I think Xilinx is terrific, they really think that they're on the launching pad. And David, you know, when a CEO just now feels like, you know what, it's really coming together, they're usually a little reluctant when they see the prize to give it up. They are, if they really do think that that's going to be something that is uh, within their grasp. You're right. Um, you know, it would be potentially cash and stock, I think, Jim, is fair to say. Given AMD's incredible move in terms of the stock price itself up, what, some 89 percent this year, it's not a bad time to use your currency. I don't have any information in terms of what a mix might look like or what the offer exactly is. But, um, but Jim, to that point, you would have an opportunity as a Xilinx shareholder to participate in the benefits of the combination were it to actually include a good amount of stock, which it might. Right. The journal, of course, having broken this yesterday. There'd been some chatter around. I picked it up that AMD was looking. Jim, are you surprised at all that they are looking for potentially a large deal, even if they are unable to complete this one? Well, it's like you look at, uh, I had Marvell Technology on last night. And what did they decide to do? They pivoted dramatically. They decided to be in data center. They decided to be in cloud. And they decided to be in auto. NXP last night pre-announces why they are going to kill it in auto. So you need a live video, which AMD doesn't have. Uh, you definitely need auto, 
which AMD doesn't have. Uh, they want to get bigger in the cloud. Uh, they're already big, but at the same time, it would be terrific to, to team up with Xilin. So it fills a lot of holes for what Lisa Sue has built. Uh, but at the same time, she is a huge positive steward of her company's stock and money. So if Xilinx wants a fortune, uh, and Xilinx stock has been depressed because they switched their, their model uh, and also because they were hurt by China, uh, that if she has to overpay, she won't. Um, well, then, you know, we'll see. Again, I have no, unfortunately, no reporting on exactly what price expectations, if there are any, at Xilinx might be, Jim. There's got to be, certainly, though, some concern about regulatory. These deals can take a long time were it to actually get announced, and then they move through that process because they will need China antitrust approval as well. Both businesses have a decent amount of revenues derived from that area Silence. of the yeah. world. Yeah. And yeah. so that is not something that comes easily, as we know, and certainly can always inject a, a good deal of uncertainty into any transaction. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think that she will have to pay more than where Xilinx is trading right now. Uh, the only problem there is, is that if she doesn't buy it, there's no assurance that Xilinx is going to have a great quarter. I mean, the last quarter was pretty good. But you know, they're not hitting it the way NXP or, uh, or Marvell is hitting it. They're too uh, nascent in so many of their initiatives. Uh, they were big 5G and the big defense. Uh, uh, Mr. Peng is, has not furthered those. He is really, I mean, look, he's got numbers. A cloud automobile, he is really interesting in that. High-performance computing, HPC, very interested in doing that. But he's so nascent. That's why I say, I mean, they had wired and wireless up 27% sequentially the latest quarter, but down 33% year-over-year, David. So, I mean, it's not like you're buying a perfect company. But then again, if it were perfect, the stock would be at 150 Right. A lot of uh, analysts notice this morning. I'd say mixed. I mean, mixed to somewhat yes. positive, Jim, in, in terms of their take on this potential uh, union or purchase by But, David, AMD. they've underestimated Lisa Sue at every turn. They have. And you have not. And you have no. been dead on. And as I pointed out many times, of course, that move in that stock price. I appreciate that. Well, as you should. You know, but I call it like I see it. I'll tell you when you screw up. Yeah, too. you do. Yeah. But Absolutely. on this one, you've been dead right for a long time. Well, thank you. I mean, look, I, Lisa's the one who, Dr. Sue's the one who taught me. I know. We, it's funny. We both met her at the same time. I remember I had we she sort of was introducing herself. And right. You somehow just kind of latched on. Well, she's also from where my wife's from. She's yeah. from. She's also Burrow. from where I'm from. She's a borough called Queen. Yes. So, I mean, we had that in common. Um, but, Jim, you know, overall, we are. I'm, I, there seems to be a desire, broadly speaking here, when it comes to mergers and acquisitions for companies. It's funny to get stuff done before the end of the year. You know, that used to be a sort of a mantra, but then it kind of fell by the wayside because it was just it's just a calendar change. But right. this year, conceivably, there will be a lot of changes come January. It's possible. And so there is that also. Get stuff announced if you can in the next couple of months. But, David, is that because they, uh, people believe that a Biden antitrust would just say, you know, why do we need to reject everything? Unclear. Uh, right. But, you know, why take the chance? And by the way, I don't necessarily believe that would be. I mean, as we've discussed so many times over these last few years, there's a le high level of unpredictability in terms of the antitrust under the Trump administration. Yeah. I think it's been hard to sort of get exact roadmap, even though most people would think on a Republican administration there would be more leniency. But that hasn't always been the case. And some of the cases that have been brought have been curious uh, and others that haven't. But, Jim, I think, yeah, there is a sense that there's going to be so many potential changes if, in fact, there was a change in the well, occupant at the White House that why not try and get something announced? The next. one thing is true, David, is, is that the deals have worked. Uh, take a look at NXPI. Yeah. Had they gotten, had Qualcomm 
gotten NXPI. Right. Was it one of the 127.50s coming Oh, my. NXPI last number, night. They're pre-announcement. Autos are so back, Carl. I mean, I don't know why people don't understand that autos are back. I think they're just looking at the stock of GM or looking at the stock of Tesla. Look at the parts. They are phenomenal. Look at the actual uh, numbers from Lithia, from Group 1. See, no one knows Lithia. I mean, look, my daughter lived in Lithia. It's a town in Oregon. That's like Nokia. It's a river in Finland. No one can figure out these things. But the fact is, is that if you are in the market for a used car, you're going to pay more. Take a look at those prices for the Ford 150, a 2019 Ford 150 with 30,000 miles on it. David, you would never be able to just, just buy it online. I already took care of my used car, Carl, thankfully. Did you use Carvana? Uh, no, I just went to the local. So I, I use Carvana, okay? So I, the Carvana brings the car. I looked, the car. though. I looked. I didn't like the car. They took it back. It's a, yeah, but it's a great way to price compare, to sort of make sure you understand. You, buy, you bought something? Yeah, a while ago. Needed a second car, right? All right. I just want to see it. Yeah, periodically you buy things. But, Carl, this is the bull market. And what people don't recognize is it is, does not need stimulus. It's got low interest rates, and it's well, got people who need a set, need a car because they're no longer commuting. And why buy a new car? Look at that list. Yeah, we're going to get to the stimulus in a minute, uh, Jim. But, you know, I was looking at the uh, list of upside Q3 pre-announcements in the past few days. You mentioned NXPI, but it's BASF. Yep. It's PPG, mm-hmm. just in terms of cars. And you got KB Home and Big Lots and Pandora and McDonald's and Novort Nordisk. So HCA. I don't know. Is that setting us up for a good Q3? Yeah, HCA, although <laughs> You'll some kill caveats, stimulus. on that one. But um, <laughs> well, 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 what does what? that mean for Q3, Jim? Jim? People are talking about McDonald's having double digits in September. Double digits. I mean, the, the so, uh, Oreo McFlurry is good. Are you in favor like, of stimulus or not? I mean, all, all, all you've been saying is we need it. And now I hear you this morning oh, oh, saying, oh, oh, I don't know. Uh, David, there, there are two markets. There's what we trade. And then, then there's the, the 14 million people who have no job because it's not their fault uh, for companies that were white, often wiped out by the companies that are doing well now. So you still do, you think we do need aid? Well, I mean, aid. Well, let's put it this way. You just if you were in favor of people, I mean, living people, of course. But if you are a heartless capitalist who doesn't care about anything other than making money, you don't need no stinking stimulus. Creative destruction, is that all we just well, the 50, in what, with the 50, this There's what, a group of people who are 50% of our wealth in this country? Yeah. But I would keep the stimulus away from them. But if you want to target people who are about to have restaurants that are too cold to go to and they work at a restaurant, why not? Because if we're this close to a vaccine, David, if we're this close to a vaccine and the president took a couple, he took two Regeneron and he's back. Uh, let, let's just understand each other that we can have a bridge to the vaccine. So let's just give those people some stimulus. But then again, David, if you're trading lithium motors or group one, you're not looking for stimulus. And now those are Senator Mitch McConnell stocks. I should change that. I should call them McConnell stocks because that's what he's looking at, obviously, or else he, he did mouth that he needed some stimulus. But there are these people, David, they're called unemployed and their numbers are staggering. And you can find them. You can find them first of the month, find them on Thursday. It's a staggering well, yeah, what, number of people don't have job, jobs. 840,000 the other day, right? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you can't go buy Norfolk Southern. Right. What do you think they're 
there's probably more uh, people riding on top of Norfolk Southern trying to get to some market where they can find a job. No, it doesn't mean you can't buy shares of Microsoft, which, by the way, I point out because, Carl, there are reports that they're telling employees they don't ever have to come back to the office. Really? Which, by the way, goes back to what we're ever. talking about, Jim. I mean, the restaurants that service office workers. Um, just think about all the different industries that rely on people going to buildings. Okay, so if you have double, Carl, if you have double-digit gains for McDonald's in the month of September, do we just yep. presume that everyone who ever went to, uh, you know, everyone decided they like uh, blueberry muffins? Or do we presume that the local diner is closed because they don't have enough business? I think that's exactly, that's exactly the point, Jim. I mean, the breakfast trends at McDonald's used to be a macroeconomic tell, yes. right? The number of people on their way to work who need to get something right. to eat. But now it's a share shift. And that is a, I mean, it's not at all indicative, perhaps, of what uh, yeah. employment may be in terms of actually going to an office. No, I had Domino's Pizza on the car last night. They, you know, they're growing double digits. Well, is that just because the whole country has decided they like that new uh, cheeseburger pizza uh, and the change in wings? No, it's because your local pizza parlor cannot deliver in 20 minutes, cannot use contactless, does not put it on a pedestal when it comes, and basically still needs millennials to talk to them. And millennials have no desire to speak. They hate speaking. Right. Well, and Gen was- X, I mean, Gen X, you, like you, I don't know if they'll even accept a text from each other. It's all artificial intelligence. You just they don't text each other. They don't yeah. use text. They, use, they snap or they do other stuff. Yeah, they snap. Yeah. So anyway, Carl, when you're looking at Domino's Pizza, you should be thinking about the pizza parlor that's been wiped out, that is not going to get any help because the uh, two parts of con- you know, the, the Republicans and Democrats are so angry at each other that the, the person who delivers pizza is out. Casually of the times, Carl. Casually. But yeah. not the stock market. Uh, guys, we we got a lot of calls uh, to get to today on uh, AXP and Amazon, NVIDIA, Wayfair, and some others. And we'll get to what Politico is saying about stimulus talks this morning, that the White House is now completely set on a deal and we're, is willing to work all next week. Of course, what does that mean for McConnell and the Senate? We'll talk about that after a break. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Gilead's up in the pre-market company releasing some final data from a study of remdesivir shows the drug did cut recovery time by five days compared to patients who got the placebo. Earlier this morning on Squawk, Daniel O'Day talked to our Meg Terrell about the study and how it also showed a reduction in deaths. Very importantly, uh, it reduced the number of people who died by 70% in the largest subgroup of patients, those receiving oxygen. So this is important information for, for doctors, for patients that are stricken with this disease. And as uh, Scott Gottlieb made the point, Jim, this morning on Squawk as well, uh, Gilead does not have some of these supply constraints that perhaps a Regeneron or a Lilly have. Now, this is a great reminder of everything about this is because it's a novel illness. You'll hear something. Now, if you recall, Gilead said some very good things, but it was not peer reviewed. And the stock jumped from 64 to about 69. And then it fell because then we heard that it wasn't that good. 
and the peer review indicated it would only save a day. But then there were further studies, and the longer-term study, which is more accurate, gives a much more positive picture. So we have to be very careful whether we're talking about whether Tennessee Titan tests positive, and then they don't test, and then it tests positive again, whether Gilead's really working, or whether Regeneron is as strong as it is versus the whole cocktail that they're pre- presenting. So we have to remember, when we report on these things, and Meg Terrell does such a good job, uh, and so does Scott Godley, but when we report on these things, you can't, the first blush is almost always wrong. It, it, it's just the way it is because nobody knows anything about how these things work. In the same way, the first blush of don't wear masks, first blush of it can't be transmitted if you're uh, asymptomatic. There is just, David, and you know this, the, the misinformation, but it's not really any intentional no. about everything no. with this disease has been incredible. Right. But to your point, it's novel and we've always been learning. I mean, and thankfully, think of what we just in so many ways, what we thought six, seven months ago and what we know now in terms of the way to treat it, in terms of the way to prevent it from spreading and so many different things, Jim. We've come back to it. But remdesivir certainly is something that seems effective in keeping people from dying once they get right. to a not great place. Uh, it's worth pointing out the president, of course, is probably the only person who actually had the monoclonal antibody from Are you thinking he got special treatment because he's president? Um, and remdesivir, which he took early. It right. would seem. And then uh, the steroids. Uh, and it seems to have worked very well. Well, I think, Carl, one of the things that uh, uh, that I think people should recognize at home is uh, Regeneron has already agreed to be compensated for the for 200,000. So so the idea that you, that people take I, I like Regeneron for other drugs. But the idea that you should go by the stock of Regeneron for something that's already paid for and that they're giving away beyond that is is just not that smart. It's ill advised. Uh, and that's what happened to Gilead at the beginning. Gilead wasn't making any money initially. So let's be careful. Buy Regeneron because it has other drugs that are making a lot of money. Buy Eli Lilly because it has other drugs that are making a lot of money. That's why you buy a drug stock, not because of anything involving this disease, because these companies are trying not to make a lot of money on this. They just want to do what's right or they take warp speed money. Now, and Jim, the public is wrong about this. Jim, real quick, as we, you know, again, as as we head very close to the election, drug prices have always been an issue. Do yes. you think that the performance of our drug companies and the innovation that they've been able to show in combating this virus is going to help them in sort of the public battle in terms of drug prices and whatever might come their way? I have, they, that, I, have they at least sort of showed their value in some fashion? They're uh, universally thinking that their stocks will be much higher for one an election year because there's so many things they're doing, because they're very suspect. They, uh, they're very defensive. When you get them offline, they're like, well, what more do we have to do? We are pooling. We've never done this before. We're pooling our resources. We're putting people that we're pulling yeah. them from all sorts of programs. And people do not give us credit because in the end, people fear that if Biden, say, gets in, that he'll negotiate much more tough. Uh, the president there is a wild card because he also says the drug prices are too high. He's been so saying that still for four years. Pinata. Yeah. It's not unlike, remember, uh, when uh, President Clinton stood in front of Dr. Vagelos in front of Merck in New Jersey and belittled that company, saying that prices have to come down. It was shocking because Dr. Vagelos, who, by the way, works at uh, Regeneron uh, overseas. But it was an amazing moment in, in, in history that he went in front of at Merck. Meanwhile, prices, Saint never, Merck. prices never came down. Oh, are you talking about the reality of what yeah. happened? You have always, whenever I've well, gone of reality, off on something, thought about the facts. Yeah, well, sometimes it Speaking pays. of reality, Jim, uh, Pfizer today 
uh, phase three trial on uh, palbociclib, a breast cancer treatment, failed to meet the endpoint. I mean, we're not drawing conclusions about COVID, but it's a reminder that phase threes don't always work out. They just and, don't. Right. Absolutely, Carl. And that's a good, I think you could ascribe, a lot of people bought Lily yesterday uh, because of their uh, one, not cocktail, but, but one antibody. But this is much better. This is why you buy Lily. Um, but people, it's also why you buy Seattle's uh, gen- genetics, but people are so infatuated with taking a couple of Regeneron. Now, see, I'm being thesis. That's, that's what the president was taking a couple of Regeneron. He did make it sound like aspirin. It's the name yeah, of a company. But that's okay. It's easier than say, listen, I, I had a cocktail. And what do you do? Hey, I had a couple of cocktails. Take a Regeneron. That sounds really bad. Call me in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, you have a little upset stomach. I had Take a, a Regeneron. Martinis? I mean, no, yeah. we had Regeneron. Let's give him credit that he didn't say they had a couple of cocktails. He doesn't drink. Guys, we'll. We'll take a break. Futures do look good. As we said at the open, the Dow is set to wipe out its September losses and S&P not far behind. We're back after just a couple of moments. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, The ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Let's get into Mad Dash. Jim, we're one day uh, out from uh, when IBM basically said it's splitting itself up. We don't know the name of Nuco yet, right. and it's more than a year away before it actually happens. But it's worth taking another look at, isn't it? Yes, and I, I prefer to look at uh, what Katie Hubert has to say. She's uh, saying step in the right direction. That is the theme from the analysts I speak to. Step in the right uh, direction because they're divesting a declining business. So you'll have one business that actually is growing. It could grow 15. It could grow even stronger than that because it represents a way to be able to, to connect the hybrid cloud to what you do. Now, by the way, the hybrid cloud means that you're not just using you use IBM's cloud and you use Amazon's cloud. It, it's, uh, that's the Whitehurst business. That's uh, Red Hat. So you'll be buying Red Hat, basically, uh, and, and some other things. But Armand Christian wants that because that's the fast grower. And they offload uh, this 
um, global technical services, managed infrastructure services, that, that's not been doing well. But, David, we don't know the balance sheet. Right. We don't know where the debt is. And therefore, it's very hard to model. So uh, I think a lot of analysts want to really get behind this, but they need to know more. And you're absolutely right when you say it's a 2022. It's, it's not uh, imminent. I, I, David, I was, a little, I, was a little curious that they called it NUCO, that they hadn't thought enough to be able to name it. Give it, it a name. Yeah. What do you name think? Name leadership. I, I think I agree. I wondered if, was it, I don't know, was it rushed? Was there, you know, is there a reason why they, I don't know. No, it made, they, me, they said it, it made some people curious as to why. Uh, that was not part of sort of the plan. And whether was there an activist there? I doubt it, but you never know. But uh, I, I did think it was, I agree with you, it'll step in the right direction. But obviously, if you don't have more, uh, Carl, you can't really make a decision about, uh, about it. But it is cheap. It's cheap stock, especially if they have this kind of red hat-like business, which I love. And Whitehurst is there doing a great job. All right, guys, we're just a few moments away from the opening bell here. Uh, final one of the week. Of course, uh, bond market will get a long weekend for Columbus Day on Monday. Uh, and we'll see if some of these gains can hold, Jim. I, we mentioned the political piece this morning uh, that uh, the White House is set on continuing talks all through next week if necessary. Axios last night reporting that the president was spooked by that market drop when he tweeted that uh, calls were uh, that talks were called off. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it, it still leads you to the same place. And that is what can the Senate pass? Right. I mean, look, the Senate is uh, is very much the kind of the bull markets. That they're they're watching the bull markets that I talked about last night. When I say bull markets, what I mean is they'll say, hey, listen, if housing's really great and housing has a lot of derivatives, including retail and autos are coming back and we've got strength in the chemicals, we've got strength in the paper. They don't tend to get that granular, uh, but there it is, there's a lot of strength among public companies. So it's very easy if you're a senator from Florida and two Republican senators to say, what the heck? We have got uh, commerce is coming back. Uh, small businesses coming back. That's something that we learned from paychecks. And, and the next thing you know, they say, you, you know, there's just not enough to warrant it. And of course, I say, well, the stock market is a terrible tell for what's happening in hospitality, leisure. Look at those airline numbers. I mean, people are still not flying. I mean, I, 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 I was looking at an airline. Uh, it was a Delta. And they were very excited that they're 30 percent. It's now 30 percent. My daughter flew to Spain on a giant plane. She's one of the, you know, a handful of people. Most people don't want to go to Madrid, David. You know that Madrid is not. Madrid's making well, a comeback. Made, yeah, they call a state of emergency on Monday. Yeah. yeah. Europe no, numbers are surging again in Europe, right? What, what do you make of it? What, what do I make of it? What well, I'm mean? asking. What is that? It's not good. It's not good. Now, to be fair, the numbers are still far below right. what we're putting up, but they're a know, lot Francis, worse than they had been for them. I wouldn't go to been, France right now. France is pretty explosive. Where would you go, Jim? Uh, Mexico, where there's absolutely no, where we now have no quarantine. It's getting much, much better. Um, Canada I could easily Canada, go. Canada, if they take us. Yeah, I don't. But the borders that. of Canada are filled with with cities that have almost no COVID that are adjoined to states where COVID's exploding. So, uh, Carl, they don't take is, us, right? Are they? Uh, we can't still. I don't even know where we are in terms of where we're allowed to go. Well, where can you go if you're from New York? I mean, nobody knows anything. We need papers. We need papers, Carl. Like, let me see your papers. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, just like Sam Neill in Red October. No papers. Yeah. No okay, papers. Point's great, Jim. I mean, we got 
We got field hospitals getting set up in Wisconsin. Uh, you got yeah. hospitalizations. You got to go back to early September to see hospitalization numbers. Florida, uh, most new cases in a month. Bars. But it doesn't seem like that calculus is being incorporated. Yeah, Texas now, going to 50% on bars. Look, bars are where you get it, okay? You're sitting around talking and drinking. You're very close. You're having a great time. Operation COVID. I mean, really, that's where you get it. And, and by the way, if you talk to the people who run Wynn, uh, do you know that he's done more, that Maddox has done more to analyze the situation than anyone in the whole country? But because we're so fragmented, uh, whatever happens in Nevada stays in Nevada. I mean, it really is. We're, we're kind of a nutty country. It's almost like if we declared war by, you know, Nebraska declared war against Japan. Next, you know, Oklahoma's going against Germany. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have a crazy, we have 50 different. Uh, plants because the president loves that kind of apprentice. It's like an apprentice thing when I was a judge. Hey, you know what? Nebraska's just in here. No, they're out. What was it that Lincoln said about a house divided? I'm just trying. The house divided Mm -hmm. is is dynamite for an election. (laughs) Yes, that is what he said. Yeah. Dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Going to work every time. It's huge. But, you know, you speak to Wynn and you speak to Maddox. What did he do? He brought in Johns Hopkins. By the way, you know, Johns Hopkins cannot be bought. David, you can't buy Johns Hopkins. No, Bloomberg tried. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're like, he did. He brought in Georgetown. Yeah. I mean, this guy has come up, Carl. He has figured out air ventilation better than anyone. But the other guys haven't figured out anything. Wisconsin was the first place when they opened on Twitter. People said, Jim, if you want to know how a bar works, you come to our bars. And there were these lines right. to get into bars. Right, right. Well, you know what happens when you line up? And what happens when you have 62,000 yahoos going to Miami Dolphin game? Not only will they see the Dolphins lose, but they can get COVID. Although I have to imagine you were happy with Foles over Brady last night, even though Brady wouldn't shake hands. Well, you know, remember, Brady was going for that fifth down. It was kind of an odd, odd. He was looking for the fifth down there. Uh, Brady was very disoriented, I thought, and Foles was very Super Bowl like. Remember, Foles is not. You know, Foles is. He, he doesn't win anything with his feet. He's just a steady guy. And what the heck was with Gronk? He disappeared. Gronk. Um, all right, back to stocks. Uh, Gronk is it? <laughs> I know who he is. Yeah, you he's, do not. He's By one the way, of the great Titans Bills. We're showing the video now. Titans Bills Tuesday, right, Jim? Well, that's all about bioreference laps. I mean, if bioreference, if Opco clears that game, they're going. You know, David, you don't understand. There are you need you do this PCR stuff. Do you know they're now testing seven days because the NFL has figured figured it out. We don't have a bubble like in the NBA, but if we test them constantly, maybe they won't be so stupid. Like the Titans doing that little kind of during the week. There's a lot of Titans who are uh, who've tested positive. Forget the Titans. Okay, that's I an will. that's an allusion to a movie. Too. I know. What was Remember the Titans? What was the name? That was the joke. Yeah, I got it. All right, I got it. I got it. I wasn't up on my Titans references. Okay. Coach um, Boone. Remember uh, Coach Carl, Boone? you mentioned GE earlier. We should mention the stock is up a lot on this GE, on this uh, Goldman Sachs Oh, did you read uh, that, report. David? Ultimate self-help vaccine leverage story in industrials reinstate. <laughs> they reinstate uh, GE to buy. Say it could go to 10. You know, That's David, what's target. crucial about that GE piece? What? The vaccine. Yeah. You have the vaccine, Carl. Vaccine, you get a vaccine that's leverage story in industrials. Air, airline, traffic, uh, health, some sort of power, self-help power. Larry Culp doing much better. Did a reorganization. Looks like a lot of people are gone. But, Carl, the problem there 
is uh, they they need aerospace to come yeah, they back. They could use. They could use. Yeah. They need customers. Yeah. yeah. yeah they need customers. And speaking. And, and right in that lane, Jim, uh, you know, AXP is downgraded by Susquehanna on the same very dynamic. Yeah, there Airlines, you go. lodging, retail. Yep. Travel and leisure. People are using their debit card more than their Visa's got some numbers than their credit card. Uh, but like, take a look at the stock. It is barely down. Why? Because people understand that, that Stephen Squeery, uh, whom I've met, and he's the CEO, and he's just he's very good and he can pivot. He can make this thing happen. And by the way, I mean, everyone my age saw us American Express card, which is rather incredible. But youth, they've had a youth movement there. The youths. Youth. Yeah. Youth the like youths. American Express. Right. They do. Yeah. It, no, I was a movie reference, too. Oh, my okay. cousin Vinny. Um, Don't hey, leave home a lot without it. Hey, Jim, I was yeah. mentioning GE. You know, you're, it seems though you're always best off buying the buyer of a GE business. And by the way, they may have gotten a good price on that business they sold to Danaher. But if you take a look at DHR, I know you I have because I, I can see you closing your eyes right sold now. You and, sold Danaher. And, take a look at DHR. Double. I think it's at its sixty billion in market value. That's more than GE's market value since they bought the business. They didn't pants G- GE because you know where Larry Culp is from. No, they didn't. They didn't. But, but Larry Culp had to get that balance sheet. Bill. Larry Culp, the CEO of GE, mm-hmm. whom I think is doing a remarkable job. Look at the move in that stock. Well, you know, Danaher, Thermo Fisher. Yeah. Those are the two companies that make so much of the equipment that we need for biotech. Thermo Fisher makes PCR. Remember, PCR is the equipment. I have, vibr- I have a little company on tonight that has a handheld PCR machine. David, PCR machines are the size of a sofa. Oh, they are? I didn't know that. Yeah, size of a sofa. They've reduced it down? They've shrunk this it? This guy's a handheld PC. It's one and done. So you can, let's say there's 53 players on a football team. You can have them all tested at the exact same time. There's no machine that can do that. So they'll come in Sunday morning. Everybody will get tested. They throw away the machine after. And we will find out whether people are titans or whether they're every other team. Because I got to tell you, the the NFL, I think the next thing is you forfeit. You get another one, you forfeit. Is that three strikes? Yeah. Well, it's a $5 billion business. It is a huge business. Yes. It's bigger than U.S. Steel. Uh, it's not hard to be bigger than U.S. Steel. No, is U.S. Steel As still trading? Uh, by the way, it's not that hard to be bigger than ExxonMobil. And that is the subject of today's Faber report. You have a Faber report on ExxonMobil? Yeah. It was up a dollar. It was up a dollar eighty yesterday. It was. It was up a lot. In fact, Are you, you take a look at the performance. Of, not necessarily. Look at the performance of the stock this week. ExxonMobil, you'll see it's moved up uh, sharply. That's just this week. And yesterday, as Jim points out, it was up over 4%. There's been a lot of chatter about activism in ExxonMobil, Jim. Uh, And that's sort of what I want to talk about here. Whether or not we'll actually see an activist emerge there, I think, remains unclear. I do know that, you know, a number of people in that industry in terms of, well, both firms and then who you hire in terms of lawyers. When you take a look at things, you want to make sure you review all sorts of things in terms of the... uh, uh, the company's uh, bylaws and things of that nature doesn't mean they're going to show up. Doesn't mean anybody will actually show up here. But uh, there's been rumblings about it for quite some time now. And I do know at least uh, a a couple of firms that have been looking at it. But again, it doesn't mean they're going to make their move. Uh, Why? Well, any number of reasons why you wouldn't uh, make the move. What would be the argument for doing it? Jim, you and I have been talking about it a bit lately. You got a dividend yield, of course, is 10%. There's a question there as to whether or not 
you could do things that would improve free cash flow by cutting CapEx in some fashion or at least cutting things from maintenance, uh, paying down debt and protecting the dividend. But really what it does come back to is the idea that it is underperformed, as you said so many times, right. Chevron, which is your favorite in the you group, bet. to the extent you have a favorite. I know you've said it's uninvestable. Uh, and you can take a look at ExxonMobil versus Chevron over time because, of course, Chevron has greatly outperformed, although both have underperformed the S&P over any given period of time. But there it is. Uh, ExxonMobil down 45%, Chevron only down uh, 10%. Again, that's over 10 years. Take a look at the performance versus the S&P. And you can understand why there might be some frustration. Now, a lot of this, of course, has to do with the movement in the underlying commodity. And that remains the key risk yeah. for any activists that would take a shot at this, not just the size, not just the tenacity of Exxon and its executives who have operated in some of the most dangerous parts of the world and probably aren't particularly afraid of any said activists, but also you can get it right on all the capital allocation fronts, so to speak, and still get it wrong on the commodity and end up a loser. So what would you actually do if you wanted to do this as an activist? You'd probably short Chevron and go long Exxon and just make the spread because you would be arguing... Exxon will then start to actually inflate up in terms of its P.E. multiple because it will be rewarded by the market for doing more things properly. So on you, a capital you short allocation. the company with growth and vision and a great. But that's balance. how you hedge yourself from the from the underlying commodity going down a lot and then just getting crushed. Well, you cut back the Exxon uh, exploration. Yeah. The whole problem is Exxon doesn't grow to begin with. Right. So why would you do it? That is a, that's a non-starter. And, you know, it may be that this ends up being a non-starter. But I will tell you, there's certainly been a lot of rumblings around it. We'll see if somebody somebody actually emerges. That'd be a tough fight. Obviously, it's still a large market cap company. They'll nowhere near what it once was at, what, $145, $150 billion. You could actually take a fairly substantial stake. uh, And you might have a lot of shareholders who sort of got on board with you. But I don't know, Jim. But I did want to mention it, particularly in light of what you saw yesterday, which was that big move up which may have just been chatter. I'm not sure it was actual buying by some, some shareholder activist, but certainly uh, the chatter has been in the Rex market. was uh, a king. Rex Tillerson, yeah, former Secretary of State. Talk about not being afraid. Yeah. He was not that happy with President Trump. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. No. He was an early. We've only had two Secretaries of State, though, right? Just yeah. Tillerson and Pompeo. Pompeo. But, Carl, I've got to tell you that uh, Rex was, under Rex's watch, the balance sheet was solid, the buyback was good, and the growth was good. Uh, and he did a very good job, even though he's had his disputes with me. The only other question, Jim, is do, you, do they get yeah. some other source of capital? Do they do some sort, something unexpected? Is there an interest? A merger? Does merger Berkshire have Dutch? interest, maybe? Would Warren have any interest in doing a preferred? I don't know. But Senator Warren would have more interest in, than Warren. Than Warren Buffett? Yeah. Senator Warren would do it if they become a solar company, maybe, right? They once, remember they owned Vidac? They yeah. got into office equipment. <laughs> Sorry. Carl, back to you. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, S&P uh, 3466 holding on to levels best since uh, September 4th. Let's get to Bob Bassani. We've had good opens this week, Carl. Uh, again today, almost five to one advancing to declining stocks. That's uh, very good considering fairly modest open up about 18 on the S&P 500. Look at the sectors. And once again, this modest cyclical rally, very evident. Energy was up at the open, uh, but nosedive quickly. Of course, we've got that hurricane in the Gulf. Uh, oil's down today. Uh, but banks... Materials, industrials, particularly industrials, really the stars. Uh, tech's been lagging all week, although the semis are up this uh, this morning on the AMD Xilinx chatter, which is what it is uh, right now. But if you look at the industrials, the real big story here is this 
plethora of new highs we've been hitting uh, throughout the week. And again today, uh, six, seven, eight of them, big names, Illinois Toolworks, Eaton, Caterpillar, Deer, uh, FedEx, all at new highs. Big, big global names here. Uh, and this is not a uh, phenomenon that's two or three days. This is starting to have a little bit of legs. Remember, these rallies have tended to fail in the cyclicals this year. But if you look at the industrials in September, with the S&P up 3%, um, FedEx up 8%, American Airlines, nice moves on all the airlines are up 6 7% on the month. These are more than double the performance uh, of the S&P, Deer, Honeywell, uh, Eaton, as you can see. We're also getting a modest rally in the bank stocks. I know nobody believes it, but actually it's got more than two days behind it. This is one of the better rallies we've seen in banks so far this year. These are double-digit gains in all what I call the super regional banks, like Regions and Comerica and Key Corp and U.S. Bank Corp. J.P. Morgan will kick us off on Tuesday on earnings. Uh, so the money center banks up about half of what the regional banks are up, but still Again, more than double the outperformance of the S&P 500. The same with the material stocks. There has been hope for some post-election stimulus out there around infrastructure. And you can see this in Martin Marietta and Vulcan up big. The steel stocks are up big. The copper stocks like Freeport are up big. Even DuPont uh, is up big. So you can see this has got a little bit of legs, this cyclical rally. Still, I can't emphasize how confused everybody is on stimulus. Is it a pre-election stimulus? Is it a post-election stimulus? Is it a comprehensive package that we're going to see? Is it a standalone deal? Nobody knows, and there's a lot of confusion. So a lot of people are on the sidelines. The volume is light on the up days and heavier on the down days. What does that mean? It means it's a seller strike. There's not a lot of buyer enthusiasm, and the pain trade is higher because people are on the sidelines. Market drifts up, and people have to kind of get in. The thing that makes me enthusiastic about the fourth quarter is what I'm seeing about the third quarter numbers so far and the fourth quarter. We've had 22 companies reporting and 20 have beaten so far. The average beat is 25%. That is enormous, way, way above the normal beat of 3 to 5%. And as a result, many of those companies, the majority are seeing the fourth quarter numbers uh, Increased. So if you want to be bullish on the fourth quarter, this is the main reason to be bullish. The problem is here, guys, you're hostage to the vaccine and the reopening story and potentially to elections, although concerns about any kind of disputed election is now a little bit lower than it was a couple of weeks ago. Guys, back to you. All right. Uh, still a lot could change, though, Bob. We'll see you soon, Bob Pisani. Let's yeah. get to Rick Santelli for a Friday check on, uh, on yields ahead of the long weekend. Hey, Rick. Hi, Carl. Indeed, if we look at, at the markets, let's look at a two-week of 10s and realize that at least for right now, 10s at 77 are down two on the day, up seven on the week. So you can see that over two weeks, we have risen and we are sticky. In the last three days, pretty sideways. Now, if you add in boons to those two weeks, something interesting happens. Big divergence with our recent uptick in yields, downtick in price. Boons have not kept up with that despite the fact that their currency is near a one-month high. And if you take the difference between tens minus boons, and I like to monitor this, it is now the widest it's been in seven months. Now, we know that China, of course, is an economic powerhouse, and we know we're all, in some respects, trying to handicap whose reopenings are going more smoothly. Well, in China's case, uh, they had golden week, so they've been on holiday. They are now back, and boy, the currency is jumping. We are now at 18-month lows on the dollar versus the Chinese yuan, as you see on this chart going back to April of 2019. The euro currency is at three-month lows versus the Chinese currency going back to July. And I want to underscore that we need to really keep an eye on this because at the 
at the moment, there's more questions regarding our reopenings than some of the reopenings outside of the U.S. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick. Thanks so much, our Rick Santelli. Later on this morning, we're going to talk NFL and COVID with football super agent Drew Rosenhaus. Make sure you join us for that. In the meantime, with these opening gains, it's the best week for the S&P in more than three months. Okay, so Dow session high was up 173. We've come off a bit, despite this headline out of Reuters that McConnell, Jim, says we do need another COVID aid package. Uh, we don't have much more than that. doesn't say how large that package should be, but directionally, it's a whole lot better than saying my caucus won't support it. Uh, th that's big. And, and that makes me feel that uh, you are in, you are step, stepping closer to a deal. I think that uh, if they would stop, if the Republicans and Democrats would stop the name calling, it would certainly help. And the, uh, the, the people need this. And the stock market doesn't show it, but the people absolutely need it. And I think that there isn't a Republican or Democrat uh, who doesn't know someone who's been laid off. Uh, or about to be laid off, frankly. I think that, David, the, it's the about to be laid off people that are really front and center. Well, we didn't even get to, for example, the Wall Street Journal today or yesterday, late yesterday, reporting on Warner Media's plans of thousands of job cuts and restructuring. Yet another sign of impending layoffs. Where are those people going to go? Where they got a job? Say again? They're going to go hammer nails for Lenore? I mean, I know. What, what, what do you do, right? That's obviously a result in part of the lack of production going on, the lack of things being shown in movie theaters, and on and on. Tough time, Cole. Yeah, not to mention uh, Disney putting more content on streaming, uh, David, to your interviews earlier in the week. We'll watch the McConnell News. Uh, look for more headlines. We'll be back in a minute. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that uh, maybe a winner for, for Pfizer's problems with iBrands could be Lilly. Uh, Key Truda with Merck, uh, they got a deal uh, with a company that was known as Seattle Gen until the last day, where it's now called C-Gen, 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 S-E-A-G-E-N. So uh, it's no longer Seattle Genetics, it's now C-Gen, and they are a winner, too, because they have very good breast cancer and some other cancer drugs. So they've decided to go uh, worldwide by getting rid of the name Seattle. That was interesting, <laughs> right? I mean, huh. people may not yeah. know that they're How they can run. Yeah, Jim, what do we got tonight on? Oh Mad? my, okay. Well, I have uh, Kramer Family Safe Okta, but uh, which is uh, well, cybersecurity, and it's unbelievable. Uh, the passport company, Tommy Ken. Actually, that guy is in his fifties. I know he looks like he's twenty-five. And then Visby, okay, Visby Medical is handheld PCR. We, I predict that we will all use handheld PCRs. Because that's the test that has the almost 100% accuracy. And, uh, but they have to ramp up. They can't make them fast enough. We'll have them on. They've done some testing yeah, for the post We're looking forward to that day, uh, Jim. Oh, as we got word ever. just this morning that Broadway's shut until May of next year. So have these you things been can't by happen those fast enough. Those are some of the most frightening yeah. areas of the city. Because there's nobody there. Yeah. It's very apocalyptic. Yeah. Difficult. The day the world stood yeah. still, man. Uh, Jim, we'll see you tonight. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.